أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم I begin in the name of the Almighty God, the Compassionate, the Merciful. The one who has created everything in utmost perfection. And may the peace and blessings of the Almighty God be upon His pure and beloved Messenger. The peak of His creation, the symbol of humanity, the Holy Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa alihi. Allahumma salli ala Muhammadin wa ali Muhammad. And his immaculate progeny of the Ahlul Bayt, peace be upon them, especially the leader of our time, the awaited savior, Al-Imam Al-Mahdi, Hajjalallahu ta'ala farajah. May Allah hasten his reappearance and make us all amongst his sincere and dedicated servants. Respected brothers and sisters, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. The era of Imam al Mahdi, Ajjalallahu ta'ala faraja, is an era that we all look forward to. Every day, as believers, we are encouraged to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to hasten the reappearance of the Imam of our time. Numerous traditions from the Ahlul Bayt have informed us that the era of the Mahdi will bring you relief. The era of the Imam السلام, will bring unprecedented progress on the face of the planet. Whether at the ideological and intellectual level, whether at the social scale, at the economic scale, at the political scale, and even at the scientific scale. The era of Imam al-Mahdi will witness unprecedented scientific advancements. Through the knowledge that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will reveal to humanity, people in the era of the Imam alayhi salam will have access to knowledge that no generation in history has had access to. And we all wonder if we have hadiths in our hadith literature giving us a synopsis of the scientific advancements in the era of Imam al-Mahdi. We may have heard about some of the events that will happen. The Imam salam is going to rise from al-Masjid al-Haram in Mecca. He will establish his headquarters in Kufa. Prophet Isa salam will descend in Jerusalem and join him. We are familiar with some of these events. But what about the scientific advancements in the government of Imam al-Mahdi? In our discussion tonight, we will examine the narrations that depict to us the amazing technological advancements in the government of our Imam al-Imam al-Mahdi Ajjalallahu ta'ala faraja. One striking narration from Imam al-Sadiq alayhi salam teaches us that all the knowledge people have from the time of Prophet Adam alayhi salam and until the appearance of Imam al-Mahdi is two out of 27. The Imam says two letters out of 27. That's about 7%. All the knowledge that humanity has access to until the era of reappearance is only about 7%.
Then the Imam alayhi salam states when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives permission to Al-Mahdi to rise and establish that global state, Allah will give humanity access to the remaining 25 letters, to the remaining 93%. And that's how Allah will complete the knowledge for us. Can you imagine? With all the knowledge that we have, with all the scientific fields that we have right now, it's less than 7%. Because up until that time, it will be 7%. Maybe we're at 1% now, maybe 2%, maybe 3%, God knows. Do you know that every 48 hours, all the data on the internet doubles? Can you imagine that? Every 48 hours, everything on the internet doubles. Imagine what happens in one month, in one year, in 10 years. All of that is less than 7%. All this progress is less than 7%. When the imam reappears, Allah will give access to humanity because the imam will establish a just system. That's why another hadith states, when the imam السلام, reappears, this one is from imam Muhammad al-Baqir السلام, he says he will place his hand on the head of the people. Through that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will complete their intellect. فَكَمُلَتْ بِهَا عُقُولُهُمْ Now many scholars understand this to be symbolic. What does it mean that the imam will place his hand on the heads of people? It means that he will give them the best system they've ever seen. So the system of the Mahdi is going to bless the people. So they have access to top education and to top science and to top knowledge. So truly that era will face unprecedented wisdom, knowledge. Allah will save us from ignorance during the era of reappearance. In one beautiful hadith from the Prophet ﷺ, he states when the ninth descendant of Hussein will rise and establish that government, يَمْلَأُ اللَّهُ بِهِ الْأَرْضَ عَدْلًا بَعْدَ أَنْ مُلِئَتْ جَوْرًا وَيَمْلَأُهَا نُورًا بَعْدَ ظُلْمَتِهَا Imam al-Mahdi will bring light after darkness has spread around the world. He will bring justice after injustice has spread in the world. وَيَمْلَأُهَا عِلْمًا بَعْدَ جَهْلِهَا And he will fill the planet with knowledge after it will have been filled with ignorance. Yes, with all the science that we have, there is still a lot of ignorance. Look at moral values today in the world. You see a lot of ignorance. Look at the injustice that occurs. There is a lot of ignorance. We have good tools. We have good science. But we also cause a lot of destruction and harm through this science. This is jahl. This is ignorance. The Imam السلام, will fill the world with wisdom. To the point. Listen to this very beautiful hadith. The sisters, you will love this hadith. To the point. Al-Imam Al-Baqir السلام, in this hadith states, he says such that, The Imam says, You will be given wisdom in that time. He says, Wisdom will be so prevalent in the era of Imam al-Mahdi, such that a woman will rule her house based on the book of Allah and the sunnah of the Prophet. She will become an expert, a scholar, a wise person who will rule her house. 
Brothers, if you think today ladies are ruling the house, wait till the imam reappears. Based on this hadith, it seems they're entirely ruled their homes. But that will be with wisdom, with the knowledge that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give them. That's how much wisdom people will have. A lady will rule her house and the structure of her house and the laws of her house based on what? The Qur'an. She'll become an expert in the Qur'an. And based on the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa And so this is truly fascinating. That all the knowledge that we have is less than 7%. And this hadith, by the way, the two letters out of 27, reminds us that the source of knowledge throughout history has been the prophets. The prophets, they brought the true knowledge from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Even scientific progress as we know it today would not have been possible without the prophets of God. For instance, carpentry, advanced carpentry. Which prophet taught people advanced carpentry? Najara, Prophet Nuh salam, according to our hadiths. And there are historical clues that confirm that. Prophet Idris, he taught people how to write. And he also taught people how to sew clothes. And if you look at the history of writing, when writing began to flourish in the last several thousand years, it coincides with the era of Prophet Idris salam, about 6,000 years ago. Prophet Dawood salam, the brother who was just reciting verses from the Holy Quran, وَعَلَّمْنَاهُ صَنْعَةَ لَبُوسٍ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala taught Prophet Dawood how to take the iron and to melt it and to basically mold it to make an armor from it. Before that, human beings did not know how to make armors from iron. Prophet Dawood is the one who taught them. But the Imam is saying in this hadith, all that knowledge is less than 7%. When the Mahdi will reappear, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will reveal the remaining 25 letters such that human beings will have access to that amazing scientific progress. This is something that we need to be aware of and look forward to. When you ask Allah to hasten the reappearance of your imam, realize that if you love science, if you love knowledge, that era you will have access to science and knowledge revealed to you by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that is truly fascinating. Now our hadiths, have they given us examples of some scientific progress in that era? I will share with you a few quick examples here. And this demonstrates that the scientific progress in the era of the Mahdi will be unprecedented. One very beautiful hadith attributed to Imam al-Baqir alayhi salam. The Imam is now highlighting a verse in the Holy Quran and he gives us the deeper meaning of this verse. This is verse 210 of Surah Al-Baqarah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us about the pagans and their mentality and their silly requests. Sometimes they would make the wildest request from the Prophet. One of those requests was the following. هَلْ يَنْظُرُونَ إِلَّا أَنْ يَأْتِيَهُمُ اللَّهُ فِي ظُلَلٍ مِنَ الْغَمَامِ One of the requests that they made, O oh Muhammad, if you're truthful and God sent you, let us see God on the clouds, in canopies of clouds, layers of clouds. Let him come with the angels. If we see God coming with the angels, we'll believe in you. Otherwise, we won't. 
Look at these silly requests. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not a physical being for him to come on clouds. For him to have any physical um, space. For him to occupy any space. But these were the absurd requests that they made. The Imam salam in this hadith, he says, but this will happen during the era of reappearance. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give his representative, the Mahdi, the power of the clouds such that he can travel as he wishes, just like Dhul Qarnayn. Dhul Qarnayn, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala taught him Tasheer al-Sahab. He could control the clouds. It's a type of science, knowledge that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave Dhul Qarnayn. Dhul Qarnayn, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about him in the Holy Quran and he did supernatural things. This knowledge will be given to Imam al-Mahdi. The knowledge of controlling the clouds, traveling with the clouds. Now these are symbols. We don't quite grasp what that means. But the hadith states, when he arrives Kufa, the Imam السلام, when he arrives Kufa, he will arrive in seven domes of light. That's the scientific advancement that the humanity will witness at that time. Seven domes of light. It's through a vehicle powered by light that will bring him. Subhanallah. Today with solar power, we get it. Back then, if you hear a vehicle powered by light, how does that work? People would not understand that. But today, we have the capacity to understand that through solar power. And in fact, right now, there is a company who made a small airplane. It's a very small airplane that can go around the world by sunlight. They've already made such a plane. It's a very small one. You have a vehicle here powered by light. And then the hadith interestingly states, he's going to be in one of those seven domes of light. People will not know in which one. Probably for security reasons. That's my analysis, that it's going to be for security reasons. So the locomotion of the Imam the way that he will go from one place to another, will be guided by advanced technology. Even more than that. Many of our youth these days, they wonder, in the future, when the Imam reappears, will we have contact with other planets, with other galaxies, even with other life forms out there? This same hadith from the Imam salam states, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give him the power to travel to the planets, to the stars, and to other parts of the universe. This will be a possibility. Today, scientists are working on that. Imam al-Mahdi will make it a reality. Many times we wonder if we can have contact with other life out there. The Imam السلام, will travel. And his companions will travel with him. And this is interesting for us to know and reflect on. And this allows us to appreciate science more, my dear brothers and sisters. The government of Imam al-Mahdi is one that's based on science. Some people think it's all miracles. Allah performing miracles. It's based on science. Humanity will have access to 93% of knowledge that would be hidden from them up until that time. And that will give them that amazing progress. Now in terms of the imam communicating with his governors, back then you had to write a letter. It would take time, 10 days, 5 days for the letter to reach your governor and then your governor would respond back. How does the imam السلام, and his government communicate with his governors? One hadith states the following. 
the Imam السلام, will send them their instructions in the palm of their hand. This is the hadith, in the palm of their hand. They will look at the instructions, the Imam السلام, will tell them, this is what you need to do. One, two, three, four, that's how you establish, establish justice in society. He simply looks at the palm of his hand, and he sees the instructions from the Imam of his time. Now when you say this in the past, people could not comprehend this. Today subhanAllah, you have your phone in the palm of your hand, and you could re- receive instructions. Now the hadith interestingly does not say there will be a device in his hand. They will look at the palm of their hands. Imagine what science will achieve, such that you can actually transfer information to someone's palm using science. And so this is how the Imam السلام, will communicate with his governors in a very effective way, in a very efficient way. Now what about people communicating with each other and seeing the Imam himself? Let me share this very interesting hadith with you about that. This is from Imam al-Sadiq alayhi salam. The Imam alayhi salam states, If our qa'im will rise and establish that government, مَدَّ اللَّهُ عَزَّ وَجَلِّ شِيَعَتِنَا فِي أَسْمَاعِهِمْ وَأَبْصَارِهِمْ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through knowledge and science will give the followers of the Mahdi, the supporters of Imam al-Mahdi, He will give them the capacity مَدَّ اللَّهُ عَزَّ وَجَلِّ شِيَعَتِنَا فِي أَسْمَاعِهِمْ وَأَبْصَارِهِمْ Allah will enhance their capacity to see and their capacity to hear. حَتَّى لَا يَكُونَ بَيْنَهُمْ وَبَيْنَ الْقَائِمِ بَرِيدٌ يُكَلِّمُهُمْ فَيَسْمَعُونَ وَيَنظُرُونَ إِلَيْهِ وَهُوَ فِي مَكَانِهِ The Imam says there will be a distance of barid. Barid is 20 kilometers. The Imam will speak from 20 kilometers. You can actually hear his voice directly. And you can see him while he's in his position. This is using advanced technology for the Imam السلام, to convey his message to his followers. And that is truly something that's fascinating. Another hadith tells us about our clothing. The Imam says, during the era of reappearance, just to give you an idea of the scientific progress that will happen in the era of Imam al-Mahdi, he says, a father will give his children clothes. You know, children love clothes, especially Eid is coming up. You're all expected to buy new clothes for your family members. What's interesting about these clothes is two things. One, you can change your, their color whenever you want. Science will allow you to choose the color of your clothes instantaneously. Number two, they grow with you. They can grow. Their size will change. Now when I was reading this hadith, I was thinking, why is that helpful? I mean, you'll wear, you'll wear your clothes for six months. When you outgrow them, you'll just buy new one. Right? You can just buy new clothes. What is the wisdom behind the clothes having the capacity to grow with you? One thing that came to my mind is israf and being wasteful. Imam al-Mahdi in his government, he will teach the governors and the people in his government not to be wasting resources. Today look at how much we waste. MashaAllah, some of us open our closets and wardrobes we have 200 suits, 300 suits. Now if you wear them, you need them, that's fine. But I know some people, 
They will wear a suit, a dress once. That's it. No, I've already worn that clothes on that occasion. It's, it's, It's enough. I shouldn't wear it again. Honestly, from the Islamic perspective, that's being extravagant. That's being wasteful. That's israf. Allah has given you, enjoy what Allah has given you. But actually make use of it. So Allah will give people the knowledge to create and make clothes such that you don't need to waste. You can change their colors, you can change their form. It even grows with you if you want. So that's an interesting hadith that highlights the technological advancements in the government of Imam al-Mahdi Ta'ala People will even see each other. The hadith states, in the era of reappearance, the people of the West will see the people of the East. And the people of the East will see the people of the West. Today we're already seeing that. With satellite channels, with FaceTime, with videos, you can already see people. But in that era, it will be so much more advanced, such that you can literally see them in front of you. When it comes to the medical field, one beautiful hadith from Imam Zain al-Abideen salam. He teaches us basically that science will achieve so much progress. He states that no one with a disability will stay in the government of the Mahdi except that he will be cured. There will be a cure to all of the diseases and all of the disabilities. And that's through science. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will inspire us the cure and the treatment to what we are struggling today. And this is truly fascinating. These scientific advancements coupled with the justice of the Imam salam, will make Imam al-Mahdi the most loved being on the face of the planet. And I will share with you here a Sunni hadith. By the way, some of these hadiths I'm sharing with you is not necessarily in Shia sources. They are found in Sunni sources. We have tens, in fact, Hundreds of hadiths about the Mahdi and the era of reappearance in Sunni sources. I will share this hadith with you. This is found in the Sunni sources. It's a very, very interesting hadith. The hadith states, The inhabitants of the sky, the inhabitants of the earth will be joyful with Imam al-Mahdi. Even animals, even the birds, the fish in the sea, they will experience justice at a level that will make them happy. Yes, you think animals don't have perception? Read the Quran. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when He describes the birds and how they open their wings, Allah states, Umamun amthalukum. You think you only have nations and communities? These birds have nations and communities as well. They have a level of perception. But maybe we cannot detect that. With science, we're able to detect some of it. So this hadith in Sunni sources states that even the animals, they will celebrate the justice of Imam al-Mahdi. وَتَزِيدُ الْمِيَاهُ فِي دَوْلَتِهِ وَتُمَدُّ الْأَنْهَارُ وَتُضَاعِفُ الْأَرْضُ أُكُلُهَا وَتُسْتَخْرَجُ الْكُنُوزِ And the resources will be abundant. Allah has given us resources, but injustice is what destroys our resources. Imam al-Mahdi will bring an end to that. And so everyone on earth will experience those technological advancements. I just gave you, my dear brothers and sisters, a synopsis here. We have many, many more narrations describing to us 
the advanced scientific state. But now, there's a concern here. When the imam reappears, there will be an evil figure who will reappear to try to deceive the people. And he is the excessive deceiver. What's his name in Arabic? The Dajjal. The Dajjal will perform supernatural events in order to distract some of the people. Now some people say, if Dajjal is evil, how will he do supernatural events? Scholars have said, it seems that Dajjal has access to some of this advanced science. Through science, he will fool people. For example, you'll find some traditions, especially in Sunni books, they'll tell you that there you have a dead tree. He will tell them, I'm inviting you to my path. And his path is a path of corruption. They tell him, how do we know that you're right? He says here, you see this dead tree? I will give it life. He makes it green. That's not using magic necessarily or using supernatural methods. It's using advanced science at that time. So he will use advanced science in order to deceive people and take them away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is what we see today, unfortunately, being done by some scientists. Many scientists believe in God. When you're told that most scientists are atheists, that's not true. Yes, there are a lot of atheists among scientists, but not most of them are atheists. But today you will find groups, agendas, lobbies, they try to use science to weaken our faith. They will tell you, do you really believe in God? Come on. You'll really believe in religion and these fancy fairy tales in the Holy Quran? Look at science today. Science proves through evolution, for instance, that you don't have a creator who designed the universe. This is what they're trying to advocate. Subhanallah. The same thing is what the Dajjal would do. And that's why this is a system of deception. It's a system of Dajjal. Yes, Dajjal is a figure, but he's also a system. He represents a system of deception. For anyone, my dear brothers and sisters, who's confused when it comes to science, remember that science serves to reinforce and confirm our religious beliefs. There is not one instance of science disproving the religion of Islam. It actually confirms the religion of Islam. And I am willing to accept the challenge from anyone. From anyone. They try to use the laws of probability and evolution to tell you there is no God. Okay, fine. Let's say evolution exists to a certain extent. How does that disprove the existence of a creator? By chance. Something happens by chance. Really? Something happens by chance? And they'll give you the example of the lottery. Well, yeah. One in six million people, one in six hundred million people will win the lottery. By the laws of probability, if you give this universe enough chances, eventually it will give you a planet that can sustain life. That's the argument that they're making. Subhanallah, really the lottery itself, it just popped out of nowhere. Who made the lottery? Who gave it its rules? Who crafted it? You see the fallacies that they create when they use these examples? Yes, the lottery, now that intelligent human beings made it, it gives you random results by the laws of probability. Sure. But who developed the lottery? You know, there's an anecdote. It's a joke. Maybe there's some truth to it. They say there was uh, an Iranian man struggling and he really wanted to uh, win the lottery. So he begged Imam al-Rada do shafa'a for me. Please intercede for me so I win the lottery. 
So the joke, the anecdote goes that that night, he falls asleep. In his dream, he sees Al-Imam Rida salam. He says, I'll help you in the lottery. Go buy the ticket. You don't have the ticket. How do you want to win without the ticket? Now no, this is in no way telling you that it's okay to go and buy lottery tickets. A lot of our maraja have problems with some lotteries. Except if they support charities, there's an exception there. It's just an anecdote. But who created for you that system that we call a lottery that generates random results? It's a system. It's very detailed. In fact, in fact, when you look at some aspects of evolution, it shows you how complex life is and how it needs a creator even more. But today with modern science, they try to distract us. Science, if only anything, it confirms our faith, my dear brothers and sisters. I will share with you some examples of what our hadiths have mentioned 14 centuries ago. Modern science only has discovered that. Or the Holy Quran has mentioned it. For instance, the presence of human beings before Prophet Adam Modern science has discovered that through the fossils and the remains. Look at the Quran, look at the hadiths. We have clear hadiths before Adam, there came 1000 Adams. And the imams clearly speak about those eras. This confirms science. And science confirms religion. Another example, my dear brothers and sisters, is that the universe is constantly expanding. Allah states in Surah Al-Dhariyat, وَالسَّمَاءَ بَنَيْنَاهَا بِأَيْدٍ وَإِنَّا لَمُوسِعُونَ we created this universe and we're constantly expanding it. This was discovered a century ago by Edwin Hubble. When he looked at the stars moving away from each other, he concluded that the universe must be expanding. Religion confirmed that 14 centuries ago. Imam Ali ibn Abi Talib al-Balagha, he says when Allah created the universe, he filled it with vapor, with smoke and vapor. Recently science has discovered that. That after the Big Bang, the universe was filled with water vapor. Imam Ali mentions that in Nahj al-Balagha 14 centuries ago. Even the simple acts, my dear brothers and sisters, of sleeping, standing, eating, you know how much science there is behind that? In Islamic law, it's mustahab when you're falling asleep, when you're sleeping, to sleep on which position? On your stomach or back? No, on your side. Recently, scientists have discovered that this is actually the best position to sleep. It's good for your digestive system. It's good for your body parts. Islam said sleep on your side 14 centuries ago. Standing and drinking water. Especially at night. We have hadiths that state it's makruh. It is not recommended to stand and drink water at night. I've heard some people who would make fun of that. People would make fun of that. Come on. Look at this. What, what difference does it make if you stand or sit and drink water? People sometimes mock these hadiths from the Ahlul Bayt, peace be upon them, or from the Prophet ﷺ. SubhanAllah, recently scientists have discovered that when you stand and drink water, because of the tension in your back and in the muscles, the water rushes down to your stomach and to your body parts. This disrupts your digestive system. Islam 14 centuries ago told you, don't do that at night, you want to sleep. Give peace to your digestive system. And you know one of the reasons why people get arthritis is because they stand and they drink water. Because more fluid ends up in the joints. SubhanAllah, it's just the way the body is structured. Doctors today tell you, sit and drink water and take small sips. Don't gulp it all in one you know, drink, in one sip. 
Subhanallah. The Prophet ﷺ told us 14 centuries ago, when you drink water, take it in small sips. If you ever have doubts about Allah or religion, just go back to religion, my dear brothers and sisters. It will confirm to you its truth. And science has supported that. Even simple things like that. I remember once there was a discussion and some people started to make fun of the hadith that we have from the Imam السلام, in which the Imam says, do not eat cheese by itself. Eat it with walnuts. The Imam states if you eat cheese or walnuts on their own, it could have harmful effects on you. But if you eat it together, it has healing effects for you. Centuries people made fun of this, my dear brothers and sisters. Subhanallah. You know what recently scientists discovered? Recently scientists have discovered cheese is rich in which mineral? Does anyone know? Maybe the doctors, pharmacists, nutritionists can help us. Calcium. Walnuts are rich in what? Phosphorus. Your body, in order to absorb calcium, it needs phosphorus. That's why dietitians and nutritionists and doctors are telling you, if you take the supplement, calcium, without phosphorus, you're wasting your money. Your body cannot absorb it without phosphorus. 14 centuries ago, your imam said, eat cheese with walnuts. Subhanallah. Look at the richness of our faith. Appreciate it, my dear brothers and sisters. Even when it comes to these simple aspects. Even when it comes to the the way you walk, the way you sleep, there's science behind that. And every single day, scientists are discovering that. In fact, the saturated fat in cheese is not good for you. You know what offsets it? The polyunsaturated fat in walnuts. That's another dimension to it. There is science behind that. Let's appreciate that science. So indeed, we find that science confirms religion. And in the era of reappearance, when Imam al-Mahdi reappears, Allah will reveal 93% of knowledge and science that is hidden from humanity. That is why every day, my dear brothers and sisters, your first dua when you wake up in the morning, Allahumma ajjil waliyik al-faraj. Oh Allah, hasten the reappearance of our imam. The hadiths of Ahlul Bayt have told us that is the relief. You want the relief, people? The relief is in the reappearance of your imam. He'll bring you justice. He'll bring you harmony. He'll bring you knowledge and science and wisdom and progress and success. Everything you want is found in the government of Allah under the leadership of the imam of your time. Everything that you desire, everything that you want, That's why one of the best deeds is to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to hasten His reappearance and to prepare yourselves for the reappearance. Sometimes weeks go by and we don't really feel the absence of our imam. You know dua al-iftitah that you recite? Let's pay attention to the beautiful passages of dua al-iftitah. One of the most powerful, sorrowful statements in dua al-iftitah is you make this dua, you express to Allah that you feel a sense of loss. Why? Allahumma inna nashku ilayka faqda nabiyyina. Oh Allah, we complain to you. Not because the economy is bad, because this or that. 
Oh Allah, my biggest complaint is that Rasulullah is not with us. You know how heavy this is on the hearts of the believers? To see Rasulullah, to hear his words, to be inspired by his message. You read this every night in Dua Al-Iftitah. Allahumma inna nashku ilayka faqda nabiyyina wa ghaybata waliyyina. Oh Allah, we complain to you that our imam is still absent. Yes, spiritually he is present with us. But he is absent. We don't have direct access to our imam. And the difficulties of the trials and the tragedies that strike us every single day and every single week and every single month and every single year. Do you truly feel that loss of being separated from your imam? My dear brothers and sisters, have you seen someone who's lost something? Today, today, if you lose your phone, not a loved one, your phone, you're coming to the masjid, you forget your phone, Inside the house, for instance, or someplace at work, you become dysfunctional, right? We become paralyzed. I can't think, I can't move, I can't do anything. Habibi, just go about your business, it's okay. No, 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 I can't. I'm away from my phone. You lose something so small like that, you're restless. Now imagine if you lose a loved one who's missing. You're told your child is missing. Can you sleep that night? My dear brothers and sisters, for Thousand years right now, our imam is in ghaybah, and there's that loss of separation. Do we care? The mu'mineen, the true believers in the ghaybah, you know what gives them energy to work hard? The loss of separation. Because when you lose something, you don't sit still. You compensate it by multiplying your efforts. My imam is in ghaybah right now. I'll work harder for justice. I'll help people more. I'll stand up to honesty and justice more. I'll uphold truthfulness more because of that loss of separation. I can't sit still. That is what truly raises the believers during the time of the ghayb. Let's feel that. Especially as we recite dua al-iftitah on these nights, my dear brothers and sisters. Let's reflect on these beautiful passages. Allahumma shfi bihi sudurana. Oh Allah, heal our hearts through al-imam al-mahd. We all have pain in our hearts. It could be a family crisis that you're going through, a financial crisis, a disease, a disability, anything. The true healing is through the imam of your time. He gives us that true healing because he gives us justice and he will give us that amazing knowledge in the era of reappearance. Allahumma ajjil li waliyika al-faraj waj'alna min ansarihi wa'awanih والذابين بين يدي أعوذ بجلال وجهك الكريم أن ينقضي عني شهر رمضان أو يطلع الفجر من ليلتي هذه ولك قبلي تبعتون أو ذنب تعذبني علي إلهي ربح الصائمون وفاز القائمون ونحن عبيدك المذنبون فاغفر لنا يا الله Raise your hands in dua. This is the moment of dua. When believers gather, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala expedites answering our dua. O oh Allah, hasten the reappearance of our master, Imam al-Mahdi. 
Oh Allah, all those who are ill and they've asked us for dua, grant them a speedy recovery. Oh Allah, fulfill our needs and hajat. Oh Allah, grant us the shafa'ah of Imam al-Husayn. Oh Allah, grant us the ziyar of Imam al-Husayn. Wa ila arwah al-mu'minin wal-mu'minat, nuhdi thawab al-surat al-mubarakat al-fatiha, masbuqatan bil-salati ala Muhammadin wa ali Muhammad.